Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by my, my friend, Erica Kirkwood. Erica, thank you for joining the show today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And before we jump into the interview section, I want to make sure people know who you are. So I'm going to read off your biography. Um, Erica Kirkwood was born and raised in the small town of, let me see if I say this right, Falfurrias? Falfurrias? Falfurrias, Texas. How, how far is that from San Antonio? It's about three hours. Three hours. Now. Okay, okay, got you, got you. Uh, where, where, where she earned her honors for being an exceptional student athlete. She completed her biomedical sciences bachelor's degree at Texas A&M University, Kingsville, with an athletic scholarship on to compete on the Javelina cross country and track teams. She met her husband, Jonathan Kirkwood, while attending Loma Linda, Loma Linda University mm-hmm. in California, where she graduated with a master's degree in occupational therapy. They have two daughters, uh, Kalila and Ariella. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay. Um, age five and age three, respectively. After a six-year hiatus from running, Erica put her running shoes back on as an outlet in her busy life as a full-time working mom. Within a few months of consistent running, her competitive side returned full throttle when she decided to train for a marathon with a goal to qualify for the Boston Marathon. In September 2019, she crossed the finish line at three hours, two minutes, and 27 seconds and realized how close she was to achieving the Olympic trial standard of sub two hours and 45 minutes. She put her Boston dream on hold and instead pursue a chance to run alongside the best of the best female marathoners in the country in the 2020 US Olympic marathon trials. In June of 2019 at Grandma's Marathon in Duluth, Minnesota, Erica achieved this goal with a time of two hours, 44 minutes and 48 seconds. She represented South Texas in Atlanta, Georgia by running in the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials in February of 2020. All right, my friend. Uh, again, thank you for spending some time with me. And uh, we, we certainly want to dig into your experience at the, the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. But before that, m- maybe we can start in the beginning of your journey. So what, what inspired you to, to, uh, to get into running in the first place? Okay, so this goes back way before, um, actually when I was in high school, I actually wanted to be a basketball player and um, running to me was was a punishment because they would make us run, you know, when we did something wrong or whatever. This is true, this is true. Exactly, so I actually did not like running, Um, but it was like on one of our times where we got in trouble, I went out and and, uh, had to do some laps or whatever and the cross country coach at the time saw me out there with with like the lead cross-country runners on his team and he's like Mm. okay she needs to run Mm. Uh, she's obviously keeping up and so he pursued me and i said no i said no the whole year my freshman year and he even went to great lengths to to reach out to my parents and um try to get whatever he could to get me on his team and i'm like what What do i have to do (laughs) super early show up now before school to run no Mm -hmm. um so i didn't want to do it and even like a lot of the meets we had to leave leave super early on the weekends and and i just was not interested at all Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't until um my the last uh track or the cross-country meet of the season um it happened to be a home uh, cross-country meet so I didn't have to wake up super early and it was like I got to miss school because it was on a Friday so <laughs> it was all these like 
perfect reason. He was like, you want to do it? And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, that was like, he gave me my shoes there, my racing kit there. And he's like, all right, mm -hmm. let's go. And so we left school and that was the only reason I was so excited. <laughs> um, Friday. And then I, and we did our, like a two mile course and I ended up in the top 10 without training and anything. And so, wow. yeah. And I received a medal and I was just like, what? Like I got a medal. Our team did really well. Mm -hmm. We were moving on to the next step. And I thought, this is, I got a taste of success. Yes. And so he was like, you know, if you actually train for this, you can actually do really well. You could probably win it. And so he just planted the seed in my heart. Like, wow, I can actually, I'm pretty good at this. Yes. Um, you know, and then, um, the, but, but the one thing that he did tell me. What was your age there? Are you, are like the grade there? Yeah, I was a freshman in high freshman school. Freshman in high school. So got it, got it. Wow. Yeah, little. And, and what he told me um, at that very meet too, he's like, you know, if you, if you keep this up, you could go to college, you could get a scholarship. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, I didn't realize that there was anything after high school. Like none of my, my parents didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. um, so this was kind of like a new thing for me. I was like, I can go to college? Like, oh, let me think about this. This is something wow. different, you know? And so that was kind of like my hope, like, okay, I can actually go to college. And so my parents were very supportive. They, even like when he was trying to get me to run all along and they were like, this is good for you, you should do it. And, but I kind of was like, no, that's not for me. But after that, I just literally just focused on it and I chased that dream and I ended up getting my scholarship to, to Texas A&M in Kingsville. So that was awesome. Ah, I love it. I love it. I, I, I love the idea of, and what, what was the coach's name? Gil Salazar. Gil Salazar. You know, his his vision for you, I, I love even the way you describe it, is he put a seed in your heart mm -hmm. um, to grow and he, he helped you actually, one, he saw the potential, two, he helped you to get early success, he helped you to taste that early success, and then he gave you a bigger vision, which I think that's a great leadership principle. Again, like, um, in my world as a business coach, you know, I, I love the idea of getting people early success and get people early movement because it gives them confidence of what's possible if you keep down this road of consistent discipline. And that's what, what I really uh, hear in you. So, so to tell me about how it went the, the, in the duration of your, your high school career. What are some, some things that stood out to you about your, your high school running career? Oh, yeah. So right after that, I was totally all in. That summer, I started training. Um, and I, I did miles, which like I never would have ever dreamed of doing. Um, but then I just literally, I fell in love with the sport, um, the team aspect of it, because uh, running is very individual too, which is I also really appreciated. Because being on a basketball team, you always rely on everybody else. But this was something I can control 100%. But I also, having track in the cross country, we, we scored as a team as well. So it was really great for me. I think I grew a lot too in my leadership through that. Um, um, bringing the team together so we had a really great time to bond and um, I think that it that time in my life for running it has really made me who I am today as far as um, what my values are and just like the team and just like team has been everything for me even up to this day um, mm -hmm. and I'll talk I mean I'll talk about this a little later about the team and how I, I am where I am because Yes. I think community and, and everything. So I loved that about my high school days was, was mm -hmm. just everyone I surrounded myself with and being a part of a team was, was just everything. So yes. Um, yes. I love all those memories. Team I love stuff. it. I love it. So did, did you, uh, at what point did you know you were going to be going to Kings, uh, a and Kingsville on a, an athletic scholarship? Um, so, I mean, that was a really easy choice for me because it was very close to home. 
Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know anything else. I just wanted to be very close to, that was important to me. Um, and then, yeah, I was like only 30 minutes from home and um, I had some other friends that I knew that had went there. So I thought that, that you know, having connections um, yes. was, was a really good thing. So I, I knew that that was gonna be probably where I was gonna go. I did have like other options, but I, I just wanted to be close to home. As, uh, I'm the first, I'm the oldest in my family. I'm the first mm-hmm. to go to college. Um, nice. So just for that, I just didn't know what it would be like and I didn't want to venture too far. Um, sure. So it was important for me to, to just stay close to home. So I had already had my eye on that one from like, you said college, I was like, I want to go there. So um, that's how I knew that it was going to be that. Okay, great, great, great. And then, so talk about talk about being at at, um, at Kingsville, you know, at AM Kingsville and talk about your, your running experience there. Like what are some standout moments from, from running at the collegiate level? Uh, it was a different ball game because at that point, you're this is your job, you know, especially with me as a scholarship, there's a certain level of requirement to, to, to train and to um, compete and perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit stressful, but at the same time, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was just a, it was a really good experience. Um, but at the same time, I felt like, oh, this is so hard. I, I can't almost, like towards the end, I got a little bit burnt out. Um, yes. and this is why I had a break after my running career because I thought, okay, nothing more than six miles ever again. Um, because mm-hmm. it just was a lot. It took a lot. I mean, with balancing the studies um, and the, the training was really tough. But um, I managed to do really well. I made the Dean's List. I did... You know, but I didn't have much of a social life. Like literally, people would be going out and doing a lot of things, um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Well, I'm heading to bed. It's 8:30, 9 o'clock. I finished my studies because I got to be up at 5 a.m. to go run." Um, so right. it really um, made me focus on my priorities mm-hmm. and time management. So that was really good. So there was no time to mess around. There was no time to play around. Sure. Um, so it was a good thing, but at the same time, it was also challenging. There was times where I'm like, "Man, I'm really missing out," or you know. Right. And you're super, you're super outgoing and you're super social, right? So like connecting with people is something you do, but to, to, to be that disciplined with studying and athletics with uh, those early morning, I mean, I, I, it has to have been challenging. Absolutely. And then I did cross country and track. So those are two different seasons. So it's basically year round. Um, I'm, I'm competing in every week. Like, I was actually jealous of a lot of the, the, the I mean, the students that were just like students. <laughs> yes, yes. All weekend where I'm like com- like traveling and then I have to compete and it's track and it's all day long. So it was so hard. I remember a lot of times on the, on the bus or, you know, in between events, I'm like studying or going over like no cars and stuff. So it was definitely something that also shaped me for today. Like I, yes. that, see, that's the good thing too, is cause I mean, I even see it today in my everyday life where I have to be doing something. Like I'm, if I'm not doing something, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Like, mm. so this is, this has actually been translated to me. This is like thrive on that kind of yes. life. And the busyness and the mm-hmm. so. yes, it sounds like it was, it was great for building your character. And even what I also hear too is you didn't get any kind of free pass being an athlete, you know. So you oh, were no. you had to hustle just as hard and uh, and through it, like you said on on the bus rides and in, in transportation. Um, yeah. 
and you and you also mentioned this. I, 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 I like how you mentioned that. There's two things you mentioned. Um, one is you mentioned the, the component of envy, right? You get kind of envious of of the, the regular student, and I, I'm sure the students also get envious of you. They're like, oh, you get to travel, you get your school paid for, you know. And then you, you know you're um, you know you look at, at this as a role model, being an athlete, and it's interesting how like we can look at the other people, you know, with envy, and they can look at us. Yeah. And it's a uh, complete human nature in that world. It is. No matter what, there's always something like, what if it was like this? And you're always thinking about that. But at the end of the day, you know, you're happy with yourself and you do your thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you also talked about burnout. Burnout, burnout is, 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 uh, is uh, I was wondering if you were going to go to that point because when it comes to uh, people who are doing it for a passion, I, I, I imagine like high school was like this passion. You're doing it because you want to do it, right? Absolutely. And then now... It's a shift because you're going from wanting to do it to having to do it. And whenever we, 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 we go through that in life, when, and I know that from a, again, like a uh, cognitive perspective, when we're thinking about things that I, if, I, if I think I have to kiss my wife before she goes to work, <laughs> I know I'm in trouble. You know, it's not I have to, it's I get to, right? But, yeah, right. but I think any of us, when we, when we, um, when we have, the, you describe it as it became a job or it became a burden or a chore as, the, as opposed to a passion. So there's a, you, you said that's what led to your uh, hiatus, exactly. as you call it. Now, um, in, the, in, in, the, in the hiatus, what, what um, like, so did you, during that time period, did you ever think you would come back to the sport? Especially, did you ever think you'd be, you'd be um, competing at the US Olympic marathon trials? Not at all. Um, like I said, after I graduated from um, my, with my bachelor's degree and I was done with my, my competitive collegiate running, I thought, okay, no more than six miles. Six miles is just enough. Um, and so, but I went to grad school and, and really I tried to run here and there, but I thought, you know, also focus on my studies because it was challenging, like even more so than my undergrad. So um, I really didn't have any time or anything like that. Um, it wasn't really as much of a priority. I didn't, I barely ran at all. Um, and no, I didn't think I'd ever do a marathon. I said, people would ask me, oh, you should do a marathon. Would you ever do a marathon? I'm like, no. Like that. I, In training runs in college, I ran, you know, 24 miles because that was my training. Like why, there's nothing to prove, like why, you know? Uh, yeah. That was my mindset. I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. So much less um, going after like this great goal, this outstanding, uh, goal of going for the Olympic trials that to me was never mm -hmm. would never cross my mind so yeah I did grad school through that those times and then I, I got married and I had my kids so really it was just like not it was like in the back of my mind yes um, <laughs> yes yes you know I, I think about you know certain um, certain times in our in our journey where you know where I well one I think Clearly, from where, where we're at now, where we're starting today, you know what you've achieved and, and, and what you've done um, as an athlete, as a runner, is is remarkable. But it's crazy to think about. There was a season where you weren't running at all for six years, and then to be able to return to this um, again, like becoming one of the top runner uh, runners in the in the country, is is a it's a crazy idea. Um, do you do you ever get shocked? Like, at, at, hold on, like, is this really me? Is this really happening? Yes, um, actually I was doing an interview with like when I did the rock and roll San Antonio uh, half marathon and they're like, okay, so you're an elite runner. It's like, I, I can't even wrap my head around 
acknowledging that I am an elite runner still because yes, yes. like no I'm just a normal I'm just a mom who works <laughs> and just run well like they're like mm-hmm. you're an elite athlete you're an elite you're I'm like I get okay yes I'm elite <laughs> it's like a really hard time to to admit that I am elite um, yes. right um, now because you when you register for some of these races you there's different categories your age um according to your pace and so sure. now I'm like I go into the elite field and I look around and I'm just like, I'm running with these elite, these really fast. <laughs> That's not me. And so it is really hard and it's very humbling. And, and I'm always starstruck when I see someone that's like, like I see, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> so it's a really cool feeling, but I still have a hard time. Um, I think I've gotten more confident and more comfortable with it. But yes. I remember that and that was not even too long ago. That was just back in December where they were telling me to say, hey, my name is Erica, I'm an elite athlete, before my interview, and I was like, I can't even say that. <laughs> like, just really doesn't, but now yes. it's like, hey, I, now that I've done it, and I'm like, okay, yes, I'm I'm elite, like, okay. Hey, let's go, let's go. No, I, I appreciate it, I, I think I, it's, humility is the, the virtue that I want the most, that I most naturally have the least, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> And, but in that space, and I, I think I appreciate your, your perspective about it because it's not like, um, you know, uh, here am I, full of myself, b- big head, all, all of this, but it's more of like, oh, like, oh my goodness, like the people that you're running um, with and running against in these spaces, like these are some of the people you're, you're looking up to that you admire and you go, oh, like, hold on, like, I'm like, I'm at this tier, you yeah. know, because any, anybody who's ever done a- 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 athletics has known like there's like these levels of success like when you're like let's take it back like when you're in elementary school you might be the fastest person in your school or something or the best basketball athlete in your school then you get to middle school you're like oh man i'm not really that good you know or then and then high school i'm even okay i'm I'm even you know or college you know but but at at the level you're talking about again it's it's some of the most elite people across the country which is which is um which is crazy yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool yes so if you had to narrow down to one person who helped you become your best in training for the U.S. Olympic marathon trials, who would you say and what did they do? Oh my goodness. So this is probably like one of the hardest questions because I just feel um, I have so many people that I've been surrounded with that have helped me tremendously um, from from the very beginning, uh, the reasons why I would get up so early, just meeting my group um, at 5 a.m. because they were all so similar as me, five uh, are full-time working moms. Um, so just like my average, you know, runner friends who were just lifting me up and building up my confidence. Um, I have a couple, like I, I admire the reason why I even started doing, decided to do the chase the Boston Marathon goal was because my group at that time were all training for that marathon and I thought oh that's so good for you um, I'm just gonna do half of your workouts and just kind of you know or whatever but then naturally my competitive side too was like I can finish the workout let me just keep going and then I found myself doing their entire workouts but um, they were just so um, encouraging all of them all, I have I had several girls that were ladies they were moms just like me um, Julia and um, was one of them that particularly always encouraged me um she just like was so motivating and always told me i can do it and just like you are gonna get so fast and she kept telling me like you're not gonna be running with us anymore and and she would tell me this and just feed it to us she's like you're gonna you're gonna have to find some faster groove and so she kind of pointed me into another direction and i found another group of, of 
guys actually that lived in my area. So I started running with some guys because they're a little bit more my pace and, and they just made it so fun. Um, they're part of my Wolfpack running group that I run with. Um, and nice. I, yeah, I just thank them all, each and every one of them. They've, they've been such a big help in my training. Um, but then, you know, just, just their stories too, and why they're running, um, sure. have inspired me too, because every single runner has a story and it's amazing. Like, like you just hear it, the stories of why they're running or what they're doing and, and their goals and, and how they're getting there, where they've been. And it's just, it's so contagious, the passion. So being mm -hmm. surrounded by all these people. Um, so my, my Wolfpack running group, I have like every single one of those training people. Mm -hmm. um, but really, too, um, my own family, the, the support they give me um, is, is just everything that I need because I couldn't do that, do any of this without my family support. Um, mm -hmm. This is tough. This is not just me, really. Um, it's really all of us. So yes. I mean, they, they know what I do every single time I come home. I try to run early and so that I'm back before they even notice I'm gone. But they know. They're like, you went running because I'm still like sweating and stuff. <laughs> right, right. Um, and they're usually eating breakfast and, and my husband will have breakfast ready. And he's very supportive and encouraging. He's probably my biggest fan. Um, but it's been a really big challenge on him because he's really had to step up. So mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just this whole thing is just team like I couldn't do it without you know everybody I can't even run by myself like I just need mm. that like right now with this quarantine that's going on I'm just like oh I don't really have the motivation <laughs> to run sure, right, yeah, right, right. people and and it's just really hard but um yeah so this this running I mean as much as it is an individual sport it's it's community for sure yes. I can't really narrow it down to one person I sure no 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 that, that's completely fine I yeah. mean you know you think about I, I think about the phrase you know it takes a village you know to raise somebody up but I think about you you know just like the success you've had you know the village you just described you know the the people you, you know your tribe around you that's really supported you sharpened you the environment you've been in um, has contributed to your growth and your success and you you give them a ton of credit which is uh, beautiful. And, and I love how you also talked about uh, the passion with running is contagious. Because even as you're talking, I was like, you know, I feel like, I, you know, I, I, I fell off the running wagon. And I just went back to, to lifting weights. But I was like, man, she makes me want to go out there and, and get, get a run in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, it's very, yeah, it's, it's easy to do when you have accountability and people that are just like, just like you, you know. So. Yes, yes. So the, the, talk about um, briefly here, or not even briefly, but talk about, how coronavirus you you mentioned it a little bit how coronavirus has influenced the uh the, the running motivation and the running regimen uh, right now yeah so it is um taking a toll on a lot of the runners in the community because a lot of the races are canceled so um that for me especially i'm very goal oriented and i'm always working towards something and it's very it's it's very hard when you, you're not really seeing the end picture. And for me for a while, I mean, even still, it's so hard. I'm like, well, what's the point of going for a run if there's not even a race like to show for it? Um, but like, I hear a lot of people are doing a lot of virtual runs and virtual races and um, doing, you know, maybe time trials on their own, things like that, um, which, is, which is cool. I think that's a really good thing to kind of get through this. Um, but it definitely is bringing um, a lot of people a little bit down a little I, for me personally um like i said i i've been not so motivated maybe as much as i would have been had i um had a marathon in, in, in my mind which i did because i 
I finished the uh, the Olympic trials and and you know sometimes after marathons in general um, there is this thing that's a real thing because I've experienced it in June um, which is post post marathon blues it's mm. like almost like postpartum because you, you come off of this high of like I just hit my goal or I just did you know this this feat this incredible thing and so you kind of go into a little bit of a slump afterwards and that's what mm -hmm. happened to me for sure in June um, mm -hmm. I hit my qualifying standard I was on a high for like a good two weeks and then after a while I was like just like I don't even want to run anymore like I already <laughs> like I already qualified like <laughs> I'm just gonna go run the trials and just have fun and like you know that that was kind of my mindset and or like I'll just you know there was it was very hard so since I just did my marathon in February, at the end of February, I don't know if this is part of the post-marathon blues that I'm experiencing mm -hmm. or the lack of quarantine. So I can't really tell you 100% what it is, um, but I do know I did try to schedule another marathon or half marathon um, in April um, that I wanted to do silo district, but that got canceled. Um, and then after that, I was kind of like, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I'm, I don't know. Um, I'm still running. I ran, mm -hmm. you know, I'm still doing what I can. Um, yes. we can't really meet up, you know, like groups more than 10, you know, like that, or they're practicing mm -hmm. social distancing. So you'll see people with their pictures and they're all very spread out and you know, <laughs> they're, they're just, they're still, some people are still meeting up and still, you know, doing their runs together, mm -hmm. but uh, they're, they're practicing no hugs, no like high fives or shit handshakes or whatever um they're tapping shoes because i <laughs> <you know? laughs> tap shoes instead yes. of, um, and then be let's run a little further so yes, yes. trying to be social distant in running and, it's, and that's hard because that's a good time for when you know when you're normally running you're, you're talking and, and sharing stories or whatever it might be sure um so in general like i i think that it's impacted a lot of people um but I know that a lot of people are also being very positive about it. They're still doing their training. They're still, um, you know, I have another friend who did the marathon. Instead, she's like, I'm focusing on this time to rebuild. And so she's busting out miles because now she's got extra time. She's not having to work so much mm, yes. to get out there. And so I'm like, okay, you're motivating me right now. So yes. I'm out 18 miles today. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. So, 18 miles is crazy. Yeah, okay. I know. She was one of the ones who also did the Olympic trial. That's Heather. Um, She's awesome. She's one of my teammates, and um, so she she was at the Olympic trials with me, and so she mm -hmm. I see her, and I'm like, okay, she's she's doing it. I can do it too. So she's <laughs> been an, a good inspiration because she's just like me. She's a working mom, and, yes. and she's working hard. She's a hard worker. So yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we can, we're, we're doing what we can. Right, right. You know, it's it's fascinating with the athletic community because you know not only um, the social distancing component, but then you have all these gym closures as well. So people who might have been going to the gym to get their run run in, like, I think Gold's gym closed like whatever five six days ago. Then it was I think the YMCA closed like three days ago, and and and, I, and I'm just hearing it more and more. Like yeah, all these places are shutting down. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, you think about people who are used to. Um, used to having that that they call it the gym vibe right the gym vibe right. or even like yeah. the group vibe you're talking about then uh, they're not having that same but then striving to find the motivation elsewhere like you mentioned you know your, your friend who is uh who is an example is pumping you up and getting you there yeah yeah so just find find the motivation where you can find it i mean it's it might be tough challenging but you know if you really want it you, you'll get it um i know the, the gym that's tough because really can't do that I mean unless you do like body weight stuff but 
the gym, you know, how you have access to things that with running, I mean, you just still get out the door. Thankfully, though, I hear in some other countries, they're even limiting like how far you can, like, you know, unless it's for work or whatever. So they're like, don't go within a two, a, a two kilometers or something like that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you're gonna have to just be doing circles around your house. <laughs> uh, we're not there yet. So <laughs> I should probably just be taking advantage of the, as much as I can get yes. out. Yes, you know, uh, one, of my, that. one of my friends and I, were, we, we were messaging on, on Facebook, uh, I think it was a, a post I put up, uh, actually the one that you and I were interacting with uh, briefly, the reason we even got on the podcast, oh, and yeah. she was talking about uh, running, and I was like, you know, um, you, like, where I live, you know, it's busier, uh, busier streets, so it's not like you can just run into the street, like if somebody's, it's a small sidewalk, you know, yeah. so. You have to get kind of close, but to hear about two kilometers in some places of a of distance is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you won't be getting out. Well, then I did hear, I don't know if this is true. There was a story uh, that a ch- ch- I guess he was quarantined into the house and he couldn't, he did a half marathon in his living room. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, okay. We really need to appreciate what we have right now, right? No excuses. <laughs> <laughs> he did a half marathon in his living room. I was yes. Like, okay. So we we reached, I think the the pinnacle of of the discussion, which is which is what we want we we want to talk about your experience at the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. Tell me about what it was like for you. Um, so the whole experience was very um, different than anything I've ever experienced before because I've gone to other races and everything like that, but this one was one where I was not expecting and I actually I feel like it kind of threw me off a bit but you had you know I got there like on a, what I don't remember Thursday and then I had you know so many back-to-back things I needed to do meetings and and turning in your your uh, fluids your gear check your shoe check they checked everything I've never had to do that before and and I've never used bottles that I had to turn in and this is what I'm going to be drinking during the course and and here put this one at mile six and this one at 10 at this one. so I never had to do this before because I usually just take my own stuff and so in some in some ways I feel like that was very overwhelming and so my mindset was just kind of like this is crazy but you know I'm I'm kind of taking it all in because I'm like this is what this is what they do and this is I felt kind of cool about it I show up and you know I was pretty proud let, um, let, so, let me let me ask you about the bottles real quick because yeah. so it, it was something like I was trying to understand you know watching on tv like wait what like so then you had a bottle that you would put up. It looked like there's a bottle on, on these tables. And how, how would you find your bottle? That's what I was curious about. Uh, so that was a whole ordeal too, because they had bottles for every single runner there. And there was over 500 ladies. And that's insane because usually you only get bottles when you're elite. And then usually your elite field, I don't know, isn't very big. And so you just have tables just, you know, just enough for those people. But everybody here had bottles. Um, so they gave us a number table and they give us a position on the table. So every single table was always, mine was like always like the 20th table with the n- placement number 12, like, you know, so you so, knew exactly. Okay. So, so you're running and you're looking for the tables numbers yeah. now. Yeah, big signs. Oh, mm-hmm. the, the, the big signs. So you're looking for number, number 12. So you're like, okay, I'm going to table right. number 12 and then the position on the table. Um, based on the, I guess the, the number of the of the the number of the position on the table. Wait, t- yeah. Tell me more about that. Break that down. So basically, so there, I don't remember exactly how many tables there. I know it was like forty. I don't really remember, but there was like two rows of bottles, um, one through twelve, so six on the front and six on the back, 
And so you would find your, each table had a giant number. And so you would be running up to the tables and you would just kind of go toward your table when you approached it. Um, and then you would just, you know, your, your bottle is always going to be in this position. Every, they also gave us the opportunity to decorate our bottles so it would stand out. Ah. You can have, you know, some decorative bottles. So you see every bottle is different. Right. And so when you approach yours, you can already see it as you're coming because you decorated it. And then you just grab it and go. And so that was totally, I never Got done that it. before. Okay. That was totally new. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Really right. cool. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. That was like a, a, a mystery in the back of my mind. I was wondering how in the world do they figure this out? But it, yeah, but it was it, it, very it was, uh, logistically. I feel like they did really well. My bottle is exactly where it needed to be. I mean, to do that, I know they mess up on even like when the small elite feels like sometimes their bottles, your bottles won't even be there. So in some ways, I feel like it was very risky for me to just kind of totally leave my normal routine and go that way but sure. i thought i need to be like them so <laughs> I'm gonna it up and just do it um i did it and it, it was challenging because i ended up dropping a bottle and it was it was a mess i think mm. personally i liked my old way i used to carry little balloons with my fluids in there oh so, like, like, like actual balloons or yeah like... <laughs> so yeah. I'd, I'd make my own little container i'd just like carry them in my hands or put them where i could and then just get them out when I needed them. And so um, I feel like that was better for me. Um, I think that, I don't know. Anyways, okay. so yeah. that's how I would do it normally when I didn't have, when I wasn't like able to do the, the, the bottles, so. Got it, got it. Um, okay, keep going, keep going. Keep, keep telling me about the experience. Yeah, so, okay, so all that ordeal, and like I say, it was a little overwhelming and I was out there um, and, and just like the whole routine of everything was just just different than my, what I was expect was what I was expect. I just didn't know what to expect. So I was just it was all learning for me. Um, and and then just being we'd go into a into the we'd have meals together with all the athletes. We'd all come together, um, sit at the tables, and I'm like, wow, I'm sitting next to the you know so and so, and wow, mm -hmm. we're talking about this with so and so, and and we just it was really cool. I had a couple of people that I knew. Um, but for the most part, it was really, really neat just seeing people that I've been following on social media and just like, mm -hmm. it's a little surreal. This is kind of cool. Um, so the whole weekend before the trials, I was like on cloud nine, just like, ah, this is, this is cool. <laughs> uh, they also like, yeah, they, they treated us really well. Like the, the hotel, the staff, the um, Atlanta track club was hosting it for us and they had to mm -hmm. they, they gave us food, water. I mean, they, we didn't need anything like, it was awesome. So they, they gave us a lot of great stuff. They treated us really well and, and it felt really great. Um, so that was like the prior, like I said, they fed us, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you know, all of that stuff. Um, so the, the, so two, two quick questions. Uh, one was about, okay, so you see some people that you follow on social media, like, um, did, you, did you go through this experience of, hey, do I let them know that I follow them or do I just act normal? <laughs> or, you know, do, totally do, 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 I, do I be an admirer or do I be uh, a peer, you know? Yeah, so, so no, I um for a couple of people like I was trying to be cool, just like I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. no, like I gotta want to be like you know, especially because I, when we're sitting around a table, like my other friends and I knew they, they were totally cool too. So I was like, maybe I don't. I'm just trying to blend in. Like, I don't <laughs> <want> to, <laughs> like so everyone was just kind of chill. I mean, I didn't like I, like you know, there was a couple of people who were like, oh, like maybe I didn't really talk to them or go up to them or anything. Like, can we take a picture or anything? I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that because mostly I wanted. Like I was just taking it in, like, wow, this is really cool. I don't want to, 
just mess around and like, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, just, you know make someone feel weird or awkward or anything but yes, yes. Um, no because I mean I feel like they're for the most part a lot of the the people like I think the like I didn't see like Desmond Ben or like um uh Sarah Sellers or any of those people that I like um, follow on Instagram that I would been I think with them because I did see them later and then I was all like can we take a picture this was after <laughs> the race this was all after the race right, right. Um, and like Molly Seidel like actually I was hanging out with the the girl that got uh, second place um, mm. in this Olympic trials so she's moving on the Olympics she actually ran in San Antonio um, in um, when I did my half marathon so this was just last December mm -hmm. and so she won. And um, so we recognized each other and we were both getting our, we, were, we had our legs in the, in these like compression boots. It's in the hospitality room where you just kind of hang out, grab a bagel or, you know, some, some snacks. And so I saw her and we sat down next to each other. And we we're both getting our legs compressed. And I, and she, like, she also recognized me and I'm thinking like, you know, we're like, oh, hey, so we just chit chatting away, like totally cool. Um, and I'm thinking like, gosh, she's, she's, she's got a potential to totally just like win this whole thing. like. She, she's super fast and here we are just chit-chatting like normal people so I try like for the most part I tried to be super cool I right, wanted, right. in my mind I was like should we get a pic like you know but I was like oh, I don't want to be that person so <laughs> I just enjoyed the the moments that we had instead yeah, of trying to capture it and post it on social media or like you know sure. um, it was like I said it wasn't until after everything happened where I, you know I started asking people so I was like okay I, I gotta do it now because we already we're gonna leave, you know, but, yes, but it was yes. before the, this was the day before the race and we're both just in this recliner with our legs in, in these like compression boots and, and she's just talking all cool and I'm just, you know, telling her how and she's talking to, because they were giving us, um, all of the Olympic qualifiers, they're giving them free shoes, free Nikes, um, mm. new um, shoe, racing shoes, the alphas that are like the next big racing shoe. And so every athlete can get them and, and she's sponsored by Sakani, and so she's like, I'm not gonna go get them. This is like, no. And she's like, mm -hmm. my sister's telling me, because her sister runs, and she's like, my sister wanted me to go get one for her, but I'm not going to. <laughs> like, it's, it's just against my, like, it was just unethical or whatever. So I was like, well, I got them. <laughs> sponsored by any shoe company, but she's sponsored by like Sakani. So, she did the shoes. so we're talking about the shoes and things like that and, mm -hmm. um, so that was really cool but no I didn't take it at that point I didn't take I wanted to but I didn't I held myself and my composure and it wasn't until <laughs> after she she got her big old medal I was like okay can we take a picture now <laughs> 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 yeah. really cool so I have a picture with her I love it love it now then, uh, then tell me about how was the, the the hotel situation set up because can you, can you like you, I, I think you, you, you like couldn't be with your family or anything like that. So what well, we could, we had the option Good. to um, stay with our family um, or stay with a roommate. And so either they would pay your flight and um, and stay um, in any room with someone, or you would just um, stay, get a hotel. So they so they they were like I said, they were very hospitable and, and did that for us, um, but. Yeah, I chose to stay with my family as opposed to um, as opposed to uh, doing it with with uh, a roommate. Just and okay. also just be around my own. However, one of my roommates. So then my family came, and then I thought, gosh, I'm not gonna be able to sleep. What like what if? Like so I'm gonna just. So then my roommate. I mean, another one. Actually, Heather was like, oh, my roommate isn't here. Or I don't know what happened to her roommate. So I went to stay with her, and so anyways, it worked out um, nicely. <laughs> so my ah. my family got to stay in their own little room. And, 
and so yes yes I did the feather, so. okay got it got it okay all right keep going keep going keep, keep, keep. yeah and so okay so that was the days leading up or like the you know everything leading up to the trials and then the so then i mean the actual race and then on race day another thing totally throw threw me off was the race didn't start to like noon which mm-hmm. normally it starts, you know, for most races that I've ever done, it's like you roll out of bed, you just grab a quick bite and you're off. 8 a.m. start line or 7, you know, 7.30, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so you don't really have time to like do anything else. You're, you're just focused on your, your race. I mean, mm-hmm. you just go and you just do your race. Where this time it was like noon, so I was kind of like, okay, gotta get up, gotta go figure out what to eat. Um, and then, you know, plan that out and then go out to just have all this kind of downtime before my race. Um, and then, so that was a little different, but mm-hmm. I, I made, made do, I just kind of twiddled my thumbs, but that kind of built up a little bit of anxiety, I feel sure. like. It's like a lot of like just waiting around and that just, just felt, <laughs> and so we, we ended up walking out uh, like, I don't know, a little bit before the race started and then lined up and then everyone's in there and just a lot of hustle and bustle of everyone leaving their, their gear here and. and going out to the starting line um mm-hmm. and then you just feel like everyone's everyone's ready everyone's anxious everyone's you know <clears throat> kind of spinning around just getting warming up and doing mm-hmm. things and, and that's when it really like the nerves set in it was just like oh my goodness i'm about to run with these awesome ladies literally all of the best of the best in this country mm-hmm. uh, which was a cool feeling and i kept telling yes. myself i'm one of the best like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> trying to tell myself all these things like um you know, to, to kind of get me pumped up and, and ready. And I was super excited. Um, and so we line up and it's so packed, like like sardines, because like everyone's around the same pace too. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, gosh, this, this is going to be intense because we're going to all go out and and going to be so close. And, and now we're going to probably miss our bottles. And all these things started coming through my mind. Yes, like, yes. And I was just like, okay, just stop, just, just go, just run. Um, and so the line, we line up and, and the, the gun goes off. So, so can, can, I, can I ask you about that real quick? The, um, okay, so how do you figure out who's in the front, back? Like, how does that whole thing work? Absolutely, good question, because there is, they had like the super elites, I guess, like the, the they seed you, I guess you could say. So like the yeah. fastest times that qualified, uh, up, up in the front. So I like barely wow. squeaked in, you know, because the, you know, the standard is you have to get better than a 245. And I like was like a just under 240, so 244 or 48, right? So, so like I barely squeaked in, but you had like um, the top runners that are pros. Okay, Super Elite is like pros. These people like Molly said, the people that are like sponsored by Nike and sponsored mm. by like all these big brands um, yes. are up in the front because there are times where like, 228 <laughs> that's like, like, that's like the, the fastest time was like a 228 so so here i am like oh my gosh i'm just here you know but i'm like in the back and like so you have all these there's like the top 10 and i think they announced them and everything before the race started and it was really oh. cool. yeah they're like our first you know and so i feel like oh my goodness that'd be a lot of pressure you know being <laughs> up in the front anyway so they were all up there in the front and the front front and then they had waves so like there was that wave anything between this time and this time and then anytime between this time and this time you can go in this so they kind of stacked them up but we ended up being like you know you get you you kind of move there they set you up and then they have the people kind of holding you off like you know but then at the end they move and so you can kind of squeeze squeeze (laughs) up you know if you really 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 want to you can like wiggle your way up to the top 
because <laughs> so, they move eventually. But um, as far as lining up, they allow the, the faster spin, which is which is great. And a lot of times, people uh, I had a couple friends who who have really fast seed times, you know, and, but sometime along the their tra- their qualification and their training, maybe they had injuries or other mm. issues. And some people ended up pregnant because um, you had two ladies that were pregnant here. Like super uh, pregnant, like six months. Super uh, pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, so, like, so, you know, because you have three, I don't know, two or three years to, to qualify um, for this event, right? So I think mm-hmm. the, the qualifying for the next one is not until the end of September, I believe. So mm-hmm. you have a couple years, and so a lot can happen once you get your qualification. So a lot of people, like I say, they got hurt and stuff. So even when they had the faster times than me, like 2.30s or whatever, they ended up dropping, putting themselves behind because they're like, I know I'm not in the shape that I should, you know, and so. Oh, um, they voluntarily put themselves Yeah, behind. you can go back, I think, but you can't go up. So I had like other people kind of moving back in, and then you had the pregnant ladies in the very, very back because they knew that oh. they wanted to run the, you know, run the race and stuff like that. So um, that's how they they line you up, and so yeah, it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we're all smashed in there like sardines, and um, within the first half mile, there was somebody who fell. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it on the corner of my eye, this, this yellow thing rolling. She was wearing a yellow outfit, and she's just rolling. People like haven't like I saw people. She's yelling because people are like stampeding across her i mean she, mm. she described it as like being in the lion king scene you know where, oh my god <laughs> she's like, I, I like don't want to laugh but that's a, that's a funny <laughs> visual i'm telling you so because i i have her on instagram and she's i was like wow this is insane but i saw it personally like in the corner of my eyes you know like, um and, and she was actually a really fast runner too she was one of one of the top runners but she she fell and and so it was crazy within the first you know mile mile and a half there was it was tight really one of the hardest starts i've ever done because usually it's like pretty calm and, but everyone just went out and and stuck together too it was yes. like everybody's like right i can't i literally can't slow down because if i slow down they're gonna push me over so it was right. Really it was very challenging. Which uh, I was, I was kind of curious how that works. So the, your time starts from the time that you cross. So you're further back or whatever, like you said. So your time starts once you cross the start line. No, no. I, uh, they okay. just start it right when the gun. So they go by uh, the gun time rather than like a chip time. Oh. So yeah, and that goes for so most races is like that. So for for qualifying for the Olympic trials, you need to make sure you're up there um, because. Yeah, you, seconds can mean you know, everything. Sure, everything. right, Especially right. For like me, right, who barely made it. Um, your placement is is gonna be so. Yeah. The the gun time is rarely. That's a very big, significant thing that you want to make sure you're up at the front because. Um, especially for someone like me where you um, are, are barely going to make the standard, you know, so you want to make sure you're up up close. But for something like this, I mean, I wasn't really expecting to come in top three. Like that wasn't ever mm-hmm. realistic for me. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, it really didn't matter. But yeah, for most, in most races, you have to make sure you're up. If you're, if you're trying to qualify for like the Olympic trials or uh, Boston qualifying even, like, you know, the things like um, they go by gun time. Um, as mm, opposed to so there's always a um, I do know a couple people um, that actually missed the qualifying because of of, of gun time, just like um, wow. they got put into the wrong corral. So you, usually you get put into corrals based on your time, but for whatever reason they wouldn't move them up, and so they missed um, qualifying because 
when you're back further, you're having to weave through all the slower people. Yeah. One of one of these girls that I worked with, actually, she's a nurse and she was trying to Olympic trial qualify. Um, she got put in the wrong corral at for Houston, and so her time was was cut short by a big big amount. Um, she didn't. I don't think that she would have actually qualified regardless because mm -hmm. her time, her uh, watch time, was a little bit. But she would. But still, had her gun time was just a lot. Sure. Different. It was like yeah, like the ten minute. You so. think about all these things, though, like factors, like like the way it, it hits you mentally, emotionally. Like oh no, like wrong corral like i'm delayed and all of this so definitely sure. running is uh, absolutely mental so if your mental game is, is on point and everything so that's why um you know exactly what you're saying if you if you show up to your race and you're in the wrong corral you're you're having to stress about those kinds of things and mm. it just throws you totally off and and can really make you have a bad race. so yes. definitely um mental is is tough mm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, anything else about the race that you you, you wanna? Um, um. So you have the the, the corrals. The gun went off. Uh, you had the the, the yellow tumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was early on, and like I said, this this course um, is unlike any other course I've ever done. It was super hilly. Um, mm. So there was a lot of ups and downs. It was just a, like a five six mile loop, and it was oh my goodness. I wish like. Man, it was so hard and it was so windy. 20 mile an hour wind. Mm. So if you can imagine, um, it was just something that really <laughs> threw me off completely. I knew it was gonna be um, hilly, but I was not expecting the wind. Mm. I was prepared for the hills, but the wind really, really sucked everything out of me. Mm. Um, so anyways, like the start was just a downhill drop for like three miles, so I feel like my time at the very start was like so blazing fast. I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and then then it's like an uphill for another three miles. So it's like downhill for three miles, uphill for three miles, downhill for three miles, uphill. Exactly. I mean, I can't even describe it any other way. Um, so you would see your time go down super fast and then you go up and it'd be like super slow and then down and it's like <laughs> it was like mentally like draining i was just like oh no um but within the like literally the first loop of on the sixth mile i started having these hamstring issues oh that, no yeah, yeah and so i honestly have no idea where that came from like i have had like just in the last few months like my hamstring was kind of like it's just tight like oh i feel like tight and, and, and Jonathan needled it a couple times and, and it felt, I feel really great. And I would still have great workouts, but I'm like, oh, I still feel a little tight. Um, but for whatever reason, um, in this race, they started bothering me. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was kind of a surprise because like I said, I was like, what's going on with these hamstrings? Uh, so they, they both were just on fire. Like, I don't even understand. And I was really, I felt like, why am I already hurting within six miles of this race? Yes. Un, like, uncalled for. I was kind of like, mm -hmm. why? I'm not expecting that at all. And so um, I kind of like readjusted my expectations. I don't know. I just kind of started thinking like, you know what? Just just keep going. You know, if you have to slow down, no big deal. So um, I just slowed down. I kept running, doing my best. Mm -hmm. But at like mile 10, I really wanted to stop. I had to like everything in it in my body because i was seeing people stop 
Oh, yes, yes. And I'm like, everyone else is kind of, everyone around me is like slowing down or, or stopping or, you know, because they were going through, I guess, the same thing because it was just so mm. brutal. The, the course was just that challenging and the conditions of, of the weather um, were just so insane that people were dropping like flies. Mm. Pros were dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. Runners in the top, I saw a runner within the top 10% and top 10 um, stop and start walking at like top, uh, 13 miles. I'm like, what? So, so I'm seeing all this around me and it's, it's, it's easy for me to want to do that too. Um, it really took a lot out of, uh, from me to really just, like I said, readjust my expectations and just be okay with a slower pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped looking at my watch because I, I would see it and I'm like, that would, it was just like a, like a jab, you know what I mean? Like, yes. you know, it just doesn't feel good for your ego for, for mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, you, you have this expectation of what, how you want to perform and how you want to compete and you're not meeting those and you know, everyone's tracking you and you know that mm-hmm. people are looking and wondering and you're like, what are they thinking? What are they saying? And so there's a lot of mental battles that I was having in my mind, but I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter as long as you finish, as long as just be okay with the slower pace. You're not going to have your best race. This is not the best race of your life. Um, and just mm-hmm. be okay. And so I just kept going at, with what I could. My times were dropping and I could tell and I, I felt it, but I just literally, I stopped looking at my watch. I stopped trying to think about what was going on around me and I just focus on myself. I'm not competing against anybody else but myself. Mm. Um, it's just me. So I, I got through it, got kept going. I don't know how, oh, so between, so mile six, that's where I wanted, but at mile 10, this is where I dropped my water bottle. Uh, well, before that, I, the best I felt in the race was between miles seven and 10 because I was right with a pack. I caught up to a, I don't know, either they caught up to me or passing, I don't know what, but I went with them and they were blocking the wind for me. That was like yes. the best. <laughs> it was like the best between miles seven. And I was like, oh, it feels good. And they were a group, all of the same uniform, Impala Racing. Um, and I was like, okay, stick with this group. And, and everybody cheering Impala Racing apart. And there were like three or four, at least, maybe more, um, these girls. And they were just, oh, good job, girls. We're going to, you know, we're going to start doing it. And they're just giving each other encouragement. I'm like, this is what I need. This is what I need. Oh. And between miles seven and 10, I felt absolutely like I forgot about my hamstrings. I felt really great until I reached mile 10, which was on an uphill. And I dropped my water bottle and stupid me. I'm like, I need my water bottle. So I stopped and picked, like I picked it. I like tried to get it and it was like rolling back. So I lost that group. And that's when it was like, Oh, it's just me again. I'm by myself. And I'm like, all this like mental mm. stuff. Totally, uh, just, I just fell apart at that point. I was like, Oh man, why did I let that group go? Like that messed me up. Um, and so, uh, I got a little discouraged again <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, no, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I kept my eye on them. I could see them in a the distance. Like I wasn't too far back. But they were no longer blocking my wind. If they were no, yes. I could they're encouraging one another because, like I said, they were a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, man, that's awesome. Like you know, and that's what I'm all about, right? And so yes. I just like, man, I should. And I kept telling myself, catch up to them, catch up to them. They're just so hard. Um, and so I, I mean, I didn't end up catching them, but I just, like I said, I was like, okay, it's just me, and I just got to get through this. And so I kept trucking along. Um, then mm-hmm. at like, and so what, the cool part about this race though was it, uh, yeah, I don't say it's cool cause it was hard and made it cause there's a lot of sharp turnarounds. So you'd like go out and do like a quick turn back. So you, it was like cones, you know, and you just go around the cones and come back mm-hmm. from the same street and go yep. up. Right. Um, so you would see a lot of the people, a lot of, ah, yes, yes. I was like, oh man, I, 
I'm not having the resume, but I'm still gonna encourage people. And I'm still, so I was just like, good job. And I'd see like a couple of people I knew, go Lauren or go Heather. And uh... you know, I still try to like, you know, be like, I wish I, and I was kept telling them like, I wish I was up there with them. But I'm back here because they're already coming back. But I'm, you know, I'm just gonna keep going because this is just yes. And so I just uh, continued on, and then um, at like mile 20, this is I I said to myself, I remember, okay, it's gonna start hurting now, like even more, like you know that I'm already hurting. And I mean, it didn't really hurt any more than it did since mile six. So the same amount of pain I was in at mile six and fatigue and everything. I was in at 20 because this is where you usually hit the wall. If you know anyone who does sure. marathon, you're going to hit mm. the wall at mile 20. It's not going to get hard until mile 20 is what they always say and what I would tell people when I run. But I'm like, it didn't get any harder or worse than, miles, than I was at mile six. But I, I mean, I still was fatigued and, and everything. And so I was like, wow, I'm still I'm still hurting the same. So mm. uh, it's just like really hard. So I, I, I basically hit the wall very early is what I, I it comes down wow. to. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was really hard then, but like I said, just, just keep those positive thoughts in my mind. Um, yes. more and more people kept dropping out. Um, oh man. Yes. And then at mile 22, my other teammate that actually is from San Antonio who was running, um, I caught up to her because she was having some, some foot pain and I thought, oh no, uh... we're at mile, I think we're at mile 24. I was like, we're at mile 24. Let's be like, we just have two more miles to go. And like, she was literally like walking at this point. And I thought, come on, Heather, like we need, like, let's go, let's go. And in my mind, I thought, well, if she's like, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish for her. I'm going to finish for everyone else who's dropped out. I'm going to finish for my family. Hey, yes. like, I'm just going to finish. Like, I don't care. Like I feel miserable, but I'm just going to finish. I have two more miles or so just like, I wanted so bad to stop with her. And like, I actually thought about it. Like, should I just walk with her? Like we can maybe walk together and finish. Like, but I was like, no, I can't, I can't stop. Like, if I stop, I'm just going to fall. I'm going to collapse. Yes. And so I kept going. And I remember this guy said at mile 24, he's like, two more miles, no, two more miles and you get your medal. And I was like, that's everything I need to hear. Like, I want that medal. Like, I want that medal. <laughs> so bad. Like, I don't care how I feel. And, and then like another guy's like, um, just two more hills and you're done. And so it's like, okay, well, I finish. And I'm like, all right, where's my medal? And they're like, there are no medals. Only top mm. 10 get medals. And I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 like, to me. I was like, that's everything, though. That's really what got me here. <laughs> so I was like, you know, okay, I need my medal. I need my medal. <laughs> so I was like crushed at the finish, but uh, it was funny. My uh, my husband and the fan, the girls, and like my family were out to finish, and I just remember like hanging myself up because I crossed, and like I don't know, they were there, so I was like, oh my goodness, it's like like I hung my like body. I feel like over like the white fence, and so there's like a picture of like them all around me, and I'm just like, <laughs> 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 like wow, that's a great picture. <laughs> yes. But, um, so that was yeah, that was kind of the. The play-by-play in that, that race was just one to remember. The play-by-play. I feel like there's so many lessons in what you just described. I mean, when you describe people dropping off, you know, like we in, in life, you know, you see people making bad decisions, right? Like they make bad decisions, they drop off the, the, the path that they wanted to be on or that you want to be on. You see other people making bad decisions, but like the lesson of continuing moving forward, even if other people are not. You know, you talk about your friend who who was um, who was hurt and she, she was not going up the pace that you were going at. So you had a choice between do I, do I, do I slow myself down 
to go to her pace or do I, or do I move ahead at, 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 at my pace to, to reach, you know, to be at my potential. And I think there's, there's a lesson there in growth with, um, with fulfilling everything that we have that's in us that, that, that I hear from you. And then, um, and even your, your, your story about the, um, you could call them the Empower Group. The, 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 oh yeah, the, the, Impala, Impala, Impala Group. It's called Impala Racing and they were wearing their Impala Racing gear. And yes. Like, oh, I want, I just need to stick with them because, you know, team. Yes. That's everything to me. Yes. And then well, one, they were blocking the wind. Two, they were encouraging each other. You were like, oh man, this is everything. This is everything. And then, and then you had the bottle drop moment. And I then like, you got my worst decision. I was like, don't get the, don't stop and get the bottle, Erica. <laughs> like, Why did I even do that? In the US Olympic trial, I was like, Erica, that was such a rookie move. Mm. <laughs> and then what I also love about your character was you said, uh, I'm going to, because you said the sharp turns where you're able to see the runners who were ahead of you, you were striving to be an encouragement. And, and I, I think about how valuable that is and how um, precious it is to continue to encourage other people um, in, the, in, in their journey. You know, because you just never really know um, how people are feeling or how they're doing, but to be a source of encouragement. And, and despite, even you mentioned some of the envy of, I, you know, I wish I was where they were, yeah, exactly. you know? So, um, so what were some of the lessons, um, you know, it's been what, uh, a month now since the- Yeah, about, yeah. Okay. so. So what were some of the lessons that you, that you take, you took from, uh, from the race? Well, um, I mean, I feel like everything in and of, in and of itself is, is a good lesson. Um, mentally, I feel like mentality is everything to, um, to get yourself through the difficult times. Um, for me, um, like I said, like I always have so much good in my life to, to think about whenever I'm running. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I feel like having having those positive things to think about and dwell on. Um, for me, also a lesson was um, readjusting my expectations, being okay with a slower time. That was something I I I go went back and forth on the entire race because I was like, do I just drop out because my time's not going to be good? And I mean, a lot of people probably did that, and and that could have been you know a decision that you know they they could you know. I don't know that it could have been any different for them because there's so many reasons one would drop out, whether it's, you know, you don't want to further injure yourself. So, so there's so many things, or, you know, like you're medically unable to finish. Like, you know, some people mm -hmm. had to get IVs or like collapse and things like that. So, so, um, for me, I didn't want to get to that point either. So I don't, you know, say anything negative about people that did not finish because they, they were still out there. Everybody that went out mm -hmm. there and lined up that day is a winner. To me. Yes. Yes. So, yes. um, for me, I already was a winner before I even started. Hey, that's right. <laughs> like, that's right. Not in my mind, um, and and I feel like everyone, you know, that's a, a good thing to know. Um, but I think also it kind of was. That's why I was okay to adjust my expectations. And I was like, that's okay. I'm like, you know, I was very comfortable and confident in in, in how I was already. So mm -hmm. um, maybe a lot of people weren't, and, and you know, they they wanted to, to you know do whatever. But for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go slower and and mm -hmm. just be okay with with the not as good time which it was still a great time i still sub three i still broke three that was like incredible mm -hmm. like, what? i still i didn't even think because literally i told you i stopped looking at my watch it wasn't until like my the last mile where i was like oh wow i can actually break 
three hours if I pick it up. So I, <laughs> I did, I did. I started sprinting actually. I was like, this is giving it my all. And you know, I heard my coach, my high school coach was there by the way. Oh, um, Salazar. Salazar, he was he there. He was like, we're going. So, um, so he was there and that was wow. special. Yeah, so that was really cool. He made it out there with his mm-hmm. wife. And he's always been a good, good role model for me. Mm. Um, but so he was there and he was there at the last 800 I was like yes I'm gonna go I'm gonna finish it all off mm. um, and so for me though I like I, I say a readjusting expectation and then like I um and I think the reason to um being okay with the way I, being slower or whatever is because I feel like I don't find my identity in that performance you know mm. that's really what it comes down to is like doesn't matter how I perform like this is not doesn't mean anything if I come out for second third or fourth because i still like i said i'm still i'm still a winner and right yes i love it i love it i think that's a lesson uh, podcast listeners when you when you when you hear this the lesson is not connecting your performance or even your um your rank not connecting your rank with your identity is a crucial pillar I, i believe of success so let's wrap up the podcast. But before we do, I want to hear about your favorite quality about your husband, Jonathan, about your um, daughters, uh, Kalela and Adiela. Uh, um, tell me your, um, maybe your favorite quality about each one of them. <clears throat> okay, let's see. So my youngest, Adiela, um, her her personality, she's, she's just like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she's just um, such a great communicator. Actually, it's a very young age. She's able to mm-hmm. to express her needs and tell us what she wants and, and explain what's going on. I'm like, wow. So I'm I'm always amazed by her. So so her communication is, is really great. Um, mm-hmm. For Kalela, it's definitely her compassion. Um, she can just know exactly what you're feeling. Almost like she can she can relate and or she she understands. She's very good at understanding. Um, feelings especially so she's very sweet very um, kind um, especially with her little sister when when they get along <laughs> mm. but um, so yeah so that's probably that for her she's mm-hmm. such a sweetheart yes and then, <laughs> oh with John well I mean oh gosh he's got so many good qualities I don't even I couldn't even pick uh, he's just an all-around great person um, but really through all this um, he's like my rock so um, he is, keeps me like, you know, with my, my priorities, like he's like, keeps me grounded. And he's like, I don't know, he's everything. He's like the cheerleader and, and the support. And, I don't know, mm. like he every, you know, he's just all around, um, just everything that I'm not. <laughs> so like, you know, everything I lack mm. and he's, he's good at it. And so I, I think we fit well to, to Yes, I love it. I love hearing about your family. I love hearing what you love about them. Um, they are, I, I, as you mentioned already, you know, they are a big part of your motivation uh, mm-hmm. for, for everything that you're doing right now. Well, uh, perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, you're, you're a natural. I think you need your own podcast. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a natural communicator, as you just mentioned. Um, so if you're tuning in, I, I, I'm here with Erica Kirkwood. We are discussing her journey as a runner specifically with leading up to the u.s olympic marathon trials that she participated in in february of 2020 at the time of this recording that's last month 
And uh, anyway, we had a fantastic conversation. I want to encourage you, if you know somebody who can benefit from hearing about this, maybe it's somebody who wants to get into running, maybe somebody who was already running, and, or if you, you, if somebody who the principles that we talked about today can, can encourage somebody. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with them. I want to encourage you to, to subscribe to the podcast, comment on it, share it, um, and uh, let us know what you thought about today's discussion. You hear the Strong Life Coach podcast where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Erica, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. I've had so much fun. <laughs>